Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Grave Top Church Online. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove. Today, happy Easter to all, to all and to all a good night. Happy Easter. We are continuing our series, Looking for Jesus. And what a better day uh, to be in the midst of this series on the day of Easter. For the longest time, I gave my life to Christ uh, in late 2009. And I, uh, shortly afterwards, in the summer of 2010, I saved up all the money I had um, from working and graduated high school and went and used that money to go to a ministry school. And it was about uh, more than halfway through the school year to where it was uh, 2011 Easter time. For the very first time, I learned what Easter meant. (laughs) All my life, I had no idea what it was supposed to resemble, what it was about. But at the church that I was serving at, (coughs) there's on the screen, He is risen. I was like, what? (laughs) And I never, all of a sudden it started like, you know, this mathematical equation started going on in my head. I was like, wait a minute. Good Friday is just a couple days. This is the third day from Good Friday. (gasps) Good Friday must be when Jesus was crucified and Easter must be when he resurrected. That's what it resembles. And so I never knew. I was in the middle of a ministry school. And it still didn't know. It's like something no one ever talks about. Like, it's just assumed we know. But now, if that was you, welcome to my world. Your whole mind is blown. You now, uh, now you have more questions than answers. Like, if that's what it's about, then how come all these other little things? Well, all I can say is when it comes to looking for these Easter eggs, are we not teaching kids to ask, and it shall be answered, seek, and you shall find, knock, and the door will be open unto you? I mean, what better way? Uh, and then it's the reward is something so precious, chocolate. Um, but all that aside, today is our last day that we are uh, in this series for looking for Jesus. Today is the last day in which we are going to examine the people that were looking at the tomb for Jesus. Next week, we're going to be talking about how they were looking for Jesus after he was resurrected. So today... We're going to be at the tomb, and the title of today's message is, I want this. I want this. Maybe you, uh, depending on how you talk, it might be, I want this. I, y'all need to loosen up. I want this. And we're going to be looking at Mark chapter 16, and then we're going to jump to Luke chapter 24. I wanted to start in Mark 16 because I, give, I feel like this part of passage, which is talking about the same thing in the same story, it gives just a little bit different detail. It says, When the Sabbath was, was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might come and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. They were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb for us? Now, let's look at Luke. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold... 
two men suddenly stood near them in gleaming clothing, and as the women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why are you seeking the living one among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Just as a little side note, it's this very reason why I hardly believe people that talk about seeing angels in this pleasant little tea party way. It says in this instant that these magnificent beings, these angels, that they were terrified at the sight, that they fell to the ground in terror, that it wasn't this like, oh, wow, it's, it's my guardian angel. Let's have tea. It was, a, it was a terrifying scene. And so going on, they said, remember how he spoke to you in white, uh, uh, sorry, spoke to you while he was still in Galilee, saying that the Son of Man must be handed over to, the, to sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise from the dead. And they remembered his words, and returned from the tomb, and reported all these things to the eleven, and to all the rest. Now these women were Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and also the other women with them were telling these things to the apostles. But these words appeared to them as nonsense, and they would not believe the women. So, all of this topic today, we're going to be talking about how I want this. This idea of when you want something so badly in your heart that it turns into a passion. And I believe that passion can really be translated into this simple idea of want. Of want. You want so badly for something to happen. You want so badly to be with someone. It, it's, it's translated to passion. So let's first talk about blind passion. Blind passion. Passion will always be greater than talent. Passion will always be greater than talent. When these women went on their way to the tomb, I want you to understand that they didn't know how they were going to accomplish their goal. They were bringing all this stuff to anoint Jesus' body that was locked inside this tomb where even on their, on their way, they were talking about how they don't know how they're going to do it. They're saying, who's going to roll away the stone? And so that means, in the preparation of them getting their stuff, it's not like they got all this stuff together and on their way, like, oh, I forgot. He's locked in a tomb. What are we going to do? It's something that they had discussed. It's something that they had thought about. But their passion overrode, was overriding their, their ability. They were just willing to show up and see what happens. They went with the heart and passion of wanting to honor Jesus, but they didn't even know how they were going to be able to roll away the stone blocking the tomb. They showed up at sunrise with the attitude of, we'll figure it out once we get there. They had the heart, but not the means. They had the heart, but not the means. And it makes me think about early on when I first gave my life to Christ and how often many people who are initially passionate about the Lord but they feel like they don't have the means to grow that passion. They don't have the means to grow that relationship. And so many people are wanting more beyond Sunday church, but they don't even know how they're going to do it. Y'all feel what I'm saying? And there's so many other things that we can resonate this passion to. I remember when I was ready to get married, it, I, I wanted so badly to have a companion to do life with. I wanted a, a spouse. And I 
I didn't have anything together. All I knew is that I wanted to be the best kind of man I could be and I could work on myself, but I didn't have the money. I didn't have any kind of means. I didn't have a house. I remember when I first moved into my, uh, my 600 square, uh, square foot little townhome, which was just an apartment, but I felt like since it was a townhome, it was nicer. But I remember in this, this moment when I moved in, it was like no furniture at all. I'm talking about I had my bed and eventually I, uh, I didn't have a bed and I didn't have like a proper table, proper furniture, proper anything. And I was like, I can't wait to bring a, a lady home to this. <laughs> and see, I had all this passion without any means, but I knew I was going to get what I want. Y'all know what I'm saying? When I found Lauren, man, six months of dating that girl. And I was like, you're getting married to me. <laughs> I didn't have the means, but I had the passion. And see, passion always will be greater than talent. Think of the moments in your life in which you had the heart to do something you felt passionate about, but felt that you didn't even have the means to really do it. A lot of people stop there and move on. They become realists. They, become, they, they just let those passions simmer and eventually grow cold. And the difference is, Passionate people, truly passionate people, will get fixated on what they really, really want. They'll get fixated on it. Passionate people can't just move on because they feel this burning inside their soul to do it by any means necessary. It's like when you're a little kid and you want that toy or you want that video game, you want something, and you just won't stop. My little girl's like, Joy is barely three years old, and I give her stuff all the time just because she won't leave me alone about it that daddy uh, can can i have this can i have this no not right now can i have candy can i have candy i'm talking about full breakdown like breakdown screaming in the street like just for candy for jelly beans and i was like dude no she's so passionate about it. she's relentless she's not going to move on with her life until she gets some type of candy and i'm just like dang girl like i'm not going to give you any but I wish I can muster that kind of passion for something to where like nothing else will satisfy me. I'm talking, Lauren was offering her cereal bars. Might as well be candy. No, no, I want one thing and I'm not going to be satisfied until you give it to me. See, that's what passionate people feel like is this burning in their soul to where they cannot move on. And they're in these women, their intention they had the intention, they had the desire, and they even had action of passion. And I want to be clear that when you have these things, intention, desire, and the action, the action of passion, doesn't mean you have the means to fulfill that passion, but just the action of passion. It supersedes the, the ignorance and the lack of abilities. It supersedes ignorance and lack of abilities. What I mean by that, ignorance is not just this mean word. Ignorance just simply means that you don't know. And so they did not know a lot of things. They didn't even know how they were going to get, uh, how they were going to move this, this stone out of the way. They didn't have the abilities. They lacked, they did not, they were ignorant and they lacked the abilities, but their passion and the action of pursuing anyway superseded their ignorance and lack of abilities. What what typically happens is that this kind of person that goes beyond their ignorance, that goes beyond their abilities, and is just passionate enough to do it anyway, to pursue anyway. 
that kind of person is often someone that not only finds a way to do it, but they're relentless in finding a way to do it. They end up shining out brighter than anyone else once they do. It's these kind of people that have this raw passion that wasn't even uh, looked at as being qualified that end up becoming the best at what they do. They become the innovators, the professionals, and the examples to follow in their field because they followed their passion beyond reason. They followed their passion beyond reason. Now look, I'm not saying that my marriage is, is perfect, but it's pretty close. But what I'm saying is just that, that example I gave earlier about how I had nothing, but I was pursuing this idea of marriage. I wanted my wife more than anything else. And there she is. Hey, girl. <laughs> You're like, that's why. <laughs> See, what I'm getting at is even in that time, I had people tell uh, start when I would ask for marriage advice, people start giving me divorce advice. <laughs> I had people telling me that, uh, oh, I would never, uh, I don't know anyone that would want to marry a man that doesn't even have furniture. And, and then I had someone else tell me, I don't know anyone that would want to marry a man that's living in an apartment instead of a house. I had so many negative things told to me. I was like, well, get ready to see this. <laughs> Keep your eyes open. And even though it, it, there's people that wouldn't even, uh, wouldn't even talk to Lauren at, at, the, at our old church at the beginning for the first couple of months because they thought it was like, oh, this is way too fast. They're going to break up. It's like all the reasons of, uh, it was like all this criticism, all these reasons of why other people thought they knew better. And all I had was passion. They might have known better, but I just had this passion. And now, I don't know how many times we've given marriage advice. Even some of those same people that had their hard criticisms coming to us for advice. People with hard criticisms commenting on our little date night post saying, like, y'all are such a beautiful couple. Y'all are so amazing. And as I saw all these other people breaking up as me and Lauren were, were getting stronger and stronger in our marriage, it showed that when you keep that passion alive, it is greater than any kind of talent. And the same goes for anything else. When it comes to your faith, when it comes to your, your, uh, your, uh, your passions in, in your career, schooling, whatever it is, it's all about passion being greater than talent. Don't let anything stop you from getting there. Now, let's go on to our next point. Talked about blind passion and how necessary it is. Now let's talk about just showing up. Just show up. God will show out when you show up. God will show out when you show up. These women showed up despite the fact that there was going to be a giant obstacle in their way. Literally. And the very thing that they were so worried about ended up not even being the problem for them. Think about that for the moment. How many of us would not, do not even go? We, we cancel ourselves out. We say, well, it's not going to work out anyway because we think well, there's no way that we'll be able to do this. There's no way that I'm going to be able to get there. So I'm going to just, just uh, be a realist, re reality check, and I'm not going to be able to do it. They show up, and the problem doesn't even exist anymore. The problem doesn't even exist anymore. I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is a big, big theme that I feel like has changed my life. And that is 80% of success is just simply showing up. Really. I, there's people that 
that are promoted like crazy just because they show up. I mean, so many people get promoted like, well, you've, uh, you haven't been late. Uh, <laughs> you haven't missed a day. You could get promoted just like that. But I'm saying just showing up. And the other 20% is what you do when you get there. That's how you become a master. But you can become a professional just by showing up. And when it comes to this, this thought of how they just showed up and the problems that they were afraid of didn't even exist in the problems they faced weren't even a big deal because they showed up anyway they experienced something far better than what they were expecting because they were the people that showed up anyway despite the problems they got to experience something far better far much more miraculous something truly special same goes when we choose to live lives where we show up when we choose to have these passionate things in our heart that we show up to instead of letting them grow cold. They simply showed up to honor Jesus and God and, and God showed them these wonderful and amazing things. And on top of that, he gave them even an even greater assignment by sending them to be the first ones to tell of the resurrection. They got far greater than they were expecting because they showed up. They, become, they became the first missionaries of Jesus Christ. What is a missionary? Is going and telling people of the good news, right? Telling the people of the resurrection of Jesus, what Easter is, right? And they got to be commissioned to do that first. These women, to be the first messengers of Jesus because they showed up. It is so valuable, so incredibly valuable to know the importance of showing up. This story shows us that your, inadequ your inadequacies and fears simply don't matter when you choose to trust God and show up anyway. God will provide the abilities we need if we supply our availability. Don't let any kind of lack of something stop you from pursuing God in your life, but run to Him just as you are, and He will cause things to work out along the way. Run to Him just as you are. I think that's the biggest misconception within people who believe in God, but feel like they're not close to God. They want to get close, but there's this, this, this uh, chasm between them and God. And whenever I talk to people that have an idea of God in their life, they believe in God, but not close to God, what they commonly say is, well, I want to get right with God before I start going to church. See, that's the, it's the biggest illusion. This, this whole story is giving this imagery of just pursuing God just as you are. Just show up just as you are, and, and that's 80% that's of it. it it's, you will find so much more life, that abundant life that Jesus talks about when we just show up available to God. It's an amazing experience. And I, I honestly think that part of me be, being the, the, a pastor now, I mean, very few people that I know now know me what I was like before in my life. Uh, before I gave my life to Christ, and it's a complete change, night and day. I mean, you're talking about uh, not good at all, but I, well, I used to want to be a professional criminal before I found my life in Christ, and now I'm a pastor. I mean, some, some people would argue like it's the same thing, <laughs> but what I'm getting at is the only, there's nothing that was special about me besides the fact that I was willing to show up to God just as I was. And I really am grateful that I found Christ 
by just simply reading the Bible on my own before ever going to church because I think my rebellious attitude would have been really annoyed when people tried to, if people at a church started trying to tell me how to live. But being able to find God just as I was and showing up in prayer, showing up and reading scripture, I was able to find God in this special way and just show up and I would show up and I would show up and I got to experience something truly special. And I'm, I really want to encourage you to, to get whatever reasons or excuses out of your head that is stopping you from getting close to God and just show up. Let's go on to our last point, which is this. Unbelievable moments. Unbelievable moments. Raw passion seems foolish to people settled in ordinary. Raw passion seems foolish to people settled in ordinary. When these women went to share everything that had happened to the other disciples, all of their experiences seemed too unbelievable. I want you to think for a moment of any time that someone was trying to tell you a God story and you found it unbelievable. You found it laughable. And here, these women are having this bizarre explanation, explanation of experiences. They're all excited about it, and the disciples considered it nonsense. Disciples that were walking with Jesus, and they experienced these, this special thing that they experienced as nonsense, as unbelievable. They're, they're just crazy. There's no way that happened. And they considered the, this special thing as nonsense, while these women were able to see amazing and wonderful things because they were passionate enough to show up anyway, these men were settled in the idea of ordinary and routine because they lost their passion. This is for our faith and also for everything else in life. Whether your career, your marriage, your family time, anything, the day-to-day -day passion will cause you to experience unbelievable moments that don't make sense to people settled in the day-to-day -day ordinary the day-to-day -day ordinary you know i think seeing special and ordinary it is it's almost like something that has to like just break in your mind for me before i uh, uh, before i was married to this this amazing woman that i keep talking about in this message going to the grocery store was just an ordinary experience once I was married and I got to go with my wife, something ordinary now became special. It was, it was an experience going together. It, we, we were able to laugh together, have moments together, just as we're picking out different cereal. I mean, something ordinary became special. And see, having this mindset of day-to-day -day passion is like that, to where you can take ordinary moments, ordinary things, and see how they, that they could be special. Don't conform to other people's mold of reality. Don't conform to other people's role, mold of reality, but run and pursue your passion with everything you've got. They don't have to understand or even believe you. Other people don't have to understand or even believe you. For me and Lauren, we were like truly in love with each other, and there's... It, we would make other people sick <laughs> like literally just like we'd like be cute together whatever and other people in the room like oh my gosh rolling their eyes and they're married too <laughs> they just, they're sick of it they hate seeing us together we would irritate other couples 
because of the passion that we had for each other to the point where, where because, you know, we were heavily involved in church where gossiping is really popular. It's where there's like even this gossiping trend that, that arose of us just like faking this idea of being mushy-gushy in love. It's ridiculous. But see, when you break that mold of other people's ordinary and you live in day-to-day passion, it doesn't make sense to them. They don't even believe you. They don't believe that it's real. It's, I'm giving an example of my marriage. I'm saying the same goes for our faith. The same goes for, for passion and career. The same goes for passion and family time. I mean, that day-to-day passion is real. You know how many people told me, oh, that fire that you have, yeah, that will pass. That fire that you have for Christ, that will pass. I've been a Christian for five years now. It will pass, trust me. Man, day-to-day ordinary or day-to-day passion. And you're going to experience amazing and wonderful results if you let this kind of raw unbridled and pure passion lead you if you want this kind of life bad enough then you should pursue it if you want it then you should take it there's nothing stopping us from really pursuing this kind of faith this kind of life for whatever it is that you want passion for there's nothing that stops us if you're passionate enough when it came to my faith i used to have this this awesome prayer life is 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 so great. I would, I'd be able to come home. No one else was home yet. I'd just start praying, have worship time. I'd have these beautiful, wonderful moments. Then I had kids. Damn, that <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> but it was it, my whole routine was jacked up, and so I had to decide: Well, this is just my ordinary now, or am I going to be passionate enough to find a way? Man, Joy and Jules, they're going to have some like some prophetic giftings or something because I would just be praying while bouncing them to sleep, singing and praying and, uh, over them while I was just bouncing them. And man, did my arm get tired, but it's like, I got to do what I got to do because I have to have this. I want this. And no matter what kind of life change you experience, if you're passionate enough, if you want it badly enough, it doesn't matter what changes in your life because you will adapt to make it work. You need to just get that in your head that nothing is stopping you from getting what you want. But it's just whether or not you want it badly enough. I'll close on this idea that Jesus in the garden, in the moments where it says that he, he was sweating profusely. Now, some people read that scripture and say he was sweating drops of blood. But when I read it, it says that he's sweating like drops of blood. So it's not just like some sweat on the face, couple drip drops is sweating so much from immense stress and anxiety that his sweat was pouring down his face and as he's going through this moment of everything being of good reason for him not to go to the cross which meant not providing salvation to people to all mankind not providing this simple path taking out hundreds of commandments and simplifying it into one way in Jesus and he, he had this moment where everything was blocking him, but he wanted it badly enough. And he goes through the whole ordeal of the cross. I mean, the, the cross, I've done messages where I've gone into the details of excruciating pain. I mean, just the nails in his hands. Did you know that just to breathe, 
those that people that were nailed in their in their wrists uh, crucified like that just to breathe because their arms were stretched out so much that they would have to lift up on the nail in their feet to be able to for their lungs to open just so that their lungs could expand and contract so you're talking about hours of just going <gasps> on do this most excruciating way just for a breath I mean all of that excruciating pain but that's one thing but to know that he was going to endure it to choose to go through that I mean People's character are best seen in the moments of life and death. And Jesus' choice to go through with this, to make this legal transaction of paying for the world's sins on his shoulders. That's what it is. It's a legal transaction, a payment on the cross for the world's sins. He did that willingly for us. And it shows this unbridled and pure passion of genuine relationship between a creator and his creation. Of how badly he wants us to be able to walk with him as Adam walked in the garden. Something so incredible, so special, and he wanted it badly enough. I want us to all bow our heads and close our eyes. I want us to have a, a moment of prayer, this attitude of reverence. And I want you to just think about your relationship with God and what that looks like. Now, the payment on the cross is half of the story. It's why Easter is one of the most uh, important holidays for Christianity, is because it resembles the most important thing of our faith, and that is Jesus' resurrection. Because if Jesus did not raise from the dead, everything that we believe in would be a lie. Everything would be worthless. We'd be wasting our lives, and it would be all for nothing. But if Jesus did raise from the dead, that means that he's not a lunatic. It means that he wasn't a liar, that he was Lord. And if you are here today and you want to make a decision to put your trust in Jesus Christ, you must know that faith is founded on the resurrection. That's an unchanging fact, an unchanging belief that Jesus rose from the dead. We may feel good in this one single moment, but you may feel really bad in another. So you can't make this decision based off of your feelings or your circumstances. You must make it on the simple belief. If you believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead, that is a foundation of faith, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you believe that, and you, uh, but you haven't made a decision to put your trust in him, and you want to do that today and have a relationship with God in your life, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. I see your hands. I see each of your hands. Now, the Bible says in the book of Romans that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he says he is, that he's not a liar, that he's not a lunatic, but that he's really Lord. That that's, all it, that's all it takes for salvation, that surely you shall be saved. What it's saying is if you have a genuine conversation with him yourself, that that's all it takes to start this real relationship. Now I want to be clear that religion is, is dead. A relationship with Jesus Christ, that's real. And 
all you have to do is have a simple conversation where you talk to him and you don't need me to lead you in a pretty prayer. You just talk to Jesus yourself. And I believe the Holy Spirit will minister to you in the right way, will say the right things that you need to hear, and it will be good. Now, while they're doing that, if you're here, and you feel just this passion rising up in you, whether it's been a passion that you've kind of put on the side for a little while, or something that you just realize is a passion in deep in your soul, and you feel it awakening in this moment, and you just want to run after that with everything you've got. If that's you, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. I see all your hands. Holy Spirit, I pray for you to establish this moment in these people's lives of a decision to run. They are saying that they want something so badly that they are partnering with you, Holy Spirit. They want to run and pursue this with everything they've got. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you put the wind in their sails. I pray that you give them the strength to run. You, you said to your prophet that he would run with people, not just with, against man, but that he would run against horses. And I pray that you put that same kind of tenacity in these people, that they would run and not grow weary. And I pray that you just burn inside of their heart with passion. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, in the same kind of attitude of worship, we're going to go into a time of worship. And before we do, we're going to sign off online. Thank you guys for being a part. We love you. Have a good rest of your I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.